0: You know we wanted to get a big win here after uh, the last couple last couple games so um, you know we did a good job of that and um, you know my mindset was just come in and compete and I think uh, as a team we, we did a great job tonight everyone played hard and Jakey Neighbors was stepping up that, that line was solid so um, it was a fun fun game to be a part of uh, on the winning side you know I was just mindset was just do anything I can to just stop the puck tonight and um, just you know no think and just play hard and um, it was good to, to come into the to the second intermission there with uh, a two-goal lead I think that was important and then uh, you know we came in in the third period and got a goal to get things going again
1: you had to uh, make goaltending changes in each of the last two games was it good to have
0: just a settled kind of a game today absolutely uh, a full 60 you know um, just a feel from the beginning to the end and uh, you know it was, uh, it was a fun game the rink was loud right from the national anthem so um, it was fun on fun, uh, Sunday afternoon you know, it was a little bit of a tough schedule. We didn't get much uh, practice time uh, avail- available, but uh, you know, we we stayed with it. We got to work uh, the last few days, watched some video, and um, got back on track tonight. So just you know, got to keep moving forward, one day at a time, and, and doing the right things. That's Jordan Bennington. And a good win for the Blues. A
2: 4-2 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks as they skate to the victory yesterday at the United Center. Improved their record to 11-8-1 and and a 23 points after 20 games. The quarter poll of the season has them in the top wildcard spot in the Western Conference. Hello everybody I'm Chris Kerber. Glad to have you checking in again on Curbside Reaction. Your next day post-game podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. We'll hear from Jake Neighbors a little later on. You'll hear from Craig Berube, Joe Vitale's breakdown in a response game for some key guys who are out of the lineup until yesterday. We'll get the takeaways as well. Tim Woodburn checks in with us, and it's a fully loaded breakdown for you here today. The St. Louis Blues over the Chicago Blackhawks on Sunday by a score of 4-2. to two. Let's get you straight to the highlights. Neighbors onto the check, runs into the body of Kevin Korchinski, and a puck cleared ahead. It comes to Neighbors, stick checks his way to the puck, he shoots, He scores! Jake Neighbors burned his way to a breakaway, and he tucks it in. That's points in five straight games, and the Blues have a 1-0 lead. 16.39 to go in the first period. Cairo, nice move, spins it up the wall, gets it out to the neutral zone side. Over the line with Cairo, far wing, they get it, score! Kevin Hayes! Over the shoulder of Soderblom. And it's two nothing St. Louis. 14:33 to go in the first period. A play started with the exit from Cairo. The Hawks get it in the blue zone. They get it straight away. Barcy Phillips with a shot that deflects in and scores. I think they hit off Donato in front,
3: and it went over the shoulder of Bennington. Yep, it was a high tip. High tip there, as it's going to be the Boston, Massachusetts native. Ryan Donato, Krug, shoots, oh. oh, just wide of the goal, he had
2: his lane. And now to Thomas, on a power play to Krug. Back to Thomas, far wing, the score! Butch Nevich What's the Blues back up by two, it's 3-1 with 2.58 to go in the first. That's a power play goal and his fourth power play goal of the year. Lose to the Rattler Pest Control penalty kill. Going to slide it in, and Binnington a huge save. Boggle brings it in, Donato with a wrist shot. Hits the net. What a save off the pad of Binnington. A second one off his left leg, denying Reese Johnson. Stripped away as a center, has it in front. Binnington lunges forward, the save. Rebound blocked away by Binnington. Neighbors in front, he shoots, he scores! He got the fee from Bucznavich. Jake went to the middle of the ice, and it's a 4-1 St. Louis lead. Jake's second goal of the game. 6.08 to play in the third. Runoff, ice for Perico. They gave him a lane. He dipped his shoulder, took it into the corner, and rolls it to the far side. Cut off by the Hawks and played up along the far wing. Slap pass near side, catch up, breakaway, and shoots and scores. get their second of the game. Morris gets shook, a breakaway goal to make it 4-2, to to go in the third. Eight seconds remaining. Blues to Jones again, far side. Khrushchev, a drive wide of the net. Hit another Blues stick. Here's Bedard with one second remaining, and that'll do it. You can bring out the Zamboni, the Blues. Skate to a 4-2 win here in Chicago. Get back on the winning track. And pick up two more big Western Conference Central Division points. Some quick notes on the game. The Blues moved to three games over 500 for the third time. So Tuesday night when they play Minnesota, they'll have a chance to get to four games over 500. And again, it'll be their third chance to reach that level on this season. Jordan Bennington moved his record back into the win column as a terrific 32 save game. Gave him a 6 5 1 record now on the season. Robert Thomas had another two assists. He's now averaging over a point a game 22 points in 20 games this season for Robert Thomas. Well, the road penalty killing remains excellent. They were 2-for-2 again against Chicago, and they are now 26-for-28 on the season. Only the Blues, the Stars, and the Washington Capitals have allowed only two power play goals on the road this season. The St. Louis Blues have the top road penalty kill in the National Hockey League. Sammy Blay was a heat missile yesterday. Well, he had seven hits out of the team's 22. He now leads the team with 67 hits on the season. Jake Neighbors, what a line he had. Two goals four hits, three shots on goal, five attempts, plus one, 17 and a half minutes of ice time, two block shots and one takeaway. A terrific game for neighbors. Let's go straight to the locker room and hear from Jake himself. Jake, congratulations on uh, the victory here in Chicago. What was the pace of the game like for you playing on that line with Robert Thomas and Pavel Butchnevich?
4: Yeah, I thought it was uh, really fast. Um, Obviously they transitioned very quick and um, you know when we end plays in D zone, we're looking to Get to going down the ice and, and try and create some offense. So, um, you know, I thought my job was pretty easy tonight with those guys. They make it easy on me, and I'm uh, just trying to keep up.
3: Jake, especially over these five to the last six games when you've just been on a tear, what can you attribute personally to your own game? You think's been going really well. That's been leading to a lot of offensive success for you.
4: I think just moving my feet, trying to um, you know skate and create plays, and um, you know use my body to my advantage, be physical, and um, you know be a hard player to play against. I think. Um, You know, if you're doing those things and and playing the structure correctly, then you're going to get opportunities, especially playing with, you know, some of the players I've been playing with the last couple of games. So, um, you know, I've been benefiting from some really good plays for my teammates and, um, you know, getting rewarded.
2: What has your experience been telling you uh, just about how you can play and what you can be successful at now as you've moved up the lineup and, you know, and been in the lineup now for over 70 NHL games?
4: Yeah, I think just a lot of little things. I think I pride myself in, in doing all the details of the game strong and, um, you know, being a reliable player. I think offense is just a bonus that's uh, kind of been coming lately, but, um, you know, I think I try to be good in my own zone and um, be hard on pox, be a good forechecking player. And, um, you know, I think, like I said, you're going to get rewarded if you're doing those things. And, um, you know, it's something I've done before. I was an offensive player in junior, and I'm just some I'm, I'm trying to add to my game.
3: Jake, last one I have for you here, of course, the father's trip, uh, Chicago, Minnesota, and your father, Ed, joining you. What's something that stands out about something maybe your father has told you at a young age uh, that, that still holds true today with your development as a hockey player?
4: Yeah, I think just confidence and, and being a leader. Um, you know, he always told me to go into dressing rooms and be myself and be comfortable in my own skin and, um, you know, play my game. He's always said that, uh, you know, you think the game well, you play well. Uh, you just got to have enough confidence yourself to go out and do it, so... Um, I think that on top of, you know, all the hours and, and money that he spends on me to get me to this point, which is, uh, you know, kind of a cliche answer, but it's the truth. They uh, they truly are, um, you know, huge reasons why a lot of us are, are where we are. So, uh, obviously, owe a lot, of, a lot of credit to him. Time to check in with the head coach of your St. Louis Blues,
5: Craig Berube. Well, we want to play this way. We want to keep, you know, we don't want to give up the goals. We gave up the last, I mean, we won the game in Arizona, but you can't give up that many goals. and and then, obviously, last game, we let it get away from us again. So it was good. We tightened it up. I thought that uh, we did a good job in Bedard tonight. Uh, he was a great player, but I thought that we kept them out and took time and space away from them tonight. I thought our D really closed plays out early tonight. Power play looked really good. Both both power plays could have had another one on the other one. But, yeah, it was good. I think the power play has been coming lately. Um you know, we've gotten some goals here and there lately, but uh, overall the power play starting to uh, you know, get a little mojo and uh, puck movement's been better and more direct and getting more pucks on that. Well, he's a great uh, passer, I'll tell you that. He's you know he's a puck possession guy, <coughs> sees the ice really well, makes makes a lot of nice plays.
3: Here's Kevin Hayes weighing in. I thought we played good team defense in our zone, our D zone structure it was uh, what we wanted. Uh, kept them on the outside, uh, they got a lot of shots, but not a lot of great A's. and um, a lot of their um, a lot of their chances were resulted in our turnovers. But Spinner uh, was back there, and uh, he was a wall tonight. Uh, I thought I line played well. Uh, one bad shift where we got hemmed in. Uh, I failed to get it out twice, and. We were in our zone for about a minute and a half. But uh, overall, I thought we played pretty well. Uh, two fast guys that I'm playing with. i uh, like to make plays, and I thought uh, we gelled pretty early on.
2: Well, from the play of neighbors to the play of Krug, and then the response games for Tucker, Kyrou, Verana, as well as Jordan Bennington. Here's Joe Vitale breaking down
3: the game. A lot of coaching challenges for a lot of individuals, and I would say even throw Tyler Tucker in that mix as well, but I think the, th- the three big ones to me was that. You wanted to see how Jordan Bennington was going to respond. Not that there was a question mark about how resilient he is, but certainly you wanted to get him back in the winning column, and I thought he looked terrific, especially in that second period where Chicago definitely put the hammer down and some pressure in and around the net, but he was—he showed competition all night. He showed his competitiveness. He showed uh, his willingness to stick with the fight to three chances. On uh, making saves and just using his blocker, getting involved and getting outside his crease, showed a lot of fight back tonight for Jordan Binnington. So that's certainly a number one. Uh, number two, you look at the way that Jordan Cairo responded. I thought he was terrific on that Hayes line. You know, with Brandon Saad, he added a speed element uh, because of his little bump out play to you know Kevin Hayes. That's what got them open on the scoring in that first period with the Kevin Hayes goal. Uh, So, Cairo's speed certainly was there. I loved his backtracking as well. He ended up stripping Bedard a couple times on the backtrack. So, I think that that was all relevant as well. Yaku Piranha, to me, maybe was one of the biggest ones where you look at how he didn't get rewarded necessarily on the score sheet. But I saw him moving his motor all over the ice. He had a back check in the second period. Uh, I thought it was him chasing a puck down for a breakaway. That's how fast he skated. So I think that, you know, Craig Berube wanted to see a response on him. He wants to see a little bit more of a care factor uh, when it comes to working in the tough areas of the game. And I think he showed all of that there. He had a breakaway chance in the third period. uh, Another opportunity from the side with Braden Shen. So he started to get his looks offensively. Unfortunately, none went in. But I think by playing the right way, he definitely got some looks that that Craig Berube of course uh, didn't mind seeing there as well. But you look at the way Tucker came in, Bennington responded, uh, Yakup Verona comes in after being healthy scratch, and, of course, then Jordan Cairo. Uh, all things look very positively, and I think that because of the way Cairo got moved down curbs, you look at how all three different lines kind of, I think, look better because Cairo's speed on that little bit of a slower line with Hayes, and I think you added Jake Neighbors, who's playing some of the most confident hockey right now, to the Thomas and Buchnevich line, which he's going to have a speed element, but he's also going to have that physicality element that I think really has helped this Buchnevich-Thomas grouping as well. Well, Jake Neighbors, we talked to after the game, had a two-goal game and has earned
2: each of his slots up the lineup. A couple games ago to the second line, last game and then this game, to the first line, getting some time on the top power play unit as well. And as he mentioned, he was an offensive player in juniors. Finding offense is not new to him.
3: No, it's not. I think it was just waiting for the right opportunity and now waiting for the right players to play with. You know, and it's no disrespect to the bottom six players on this team or bottom six players across the National Hockey League, but they're just not as talented. They don't have as good a vision. They don't anticipate as well. Robert Thomas is a much different centerman than Oscar Sunquist. and your team needs both. You need a Sunquist. You need someone who's going to shut things down and kill penalties and block shots and be strong on faceoffs. But for Jake and for his offensive side of things, it definitely helps to have a player like Robert Thomas with the vision with the anticipation that he has in the game, uh, eyes in the back of his head, constantly making plays all over the ice, uh, even with Buchnevich there as well. We saw the Buchnevich pass in the third period to set up Jake Neighbours. So he's around two very talented hockey players right now. And now it's about how do you continue to play that way and get offensive numbers to stay there. And I think that he understands that. He understands that his leash isn't extremely long. If he goes on a one-two game slide – you know, Craig Berube is going to move him right back down, maybe to a second, third line role. And he knows that. So to go out there and continue to do one thing very well, which is, like you said, move his feet. He's been moving his feet very well. He's been playing with lots of energy, a ton of enthusiasm. Um, with the skill that he has, with the speed he's playing with and the players he's playing around, uh, he's definitely in the rhythm right now. And he's been one of the best Blues players over the last five games. Jake Neighbors is tonight. Two goals, four hits. Three shots on
2: goal, five shot attempts, plus one, 17 and a half minutes of ice time, two block shots and a
3: takeaway. Yeah, well, it goes that's, to, a, that's a game. Well, it goes to show you he was just on the fourth line like a week and a half ago. I mean, it goes back to this coach and Craig Berube and you know, give an opportunity to players that really deserve it. And, you know, if you have a little bit of a skill set, if you're going to bring your work boots, you're going to be consistent. You know, Jake Neighbors has got a lot of old school in him, a lot of old school personality. He's a tough kid. He's a fun kid to be around, uh, but he does got a lot of that old school Alexander Steen in him. That that professionalism, that sto that stoicism, I would call it, where he's just very very poised in good good moments of the game and makes great decisions. And he he's, he's finding the back of the net right now. There's no question about it. There was a stat that was thrown out the other day. He doesn't get a ton of shots on net, but with the shots he does get, he takes full advantage of. In the in the two goals in tonight's game, it was no different right there. So it's great to see because he's such a wonderful. Well liked kid and a great locker room guy there as well. And uh, for the first game of his father's trip, as we were talking to him, you know, Ed, of course, his father being a part of this and seeing his son uh, go out there and have a game like that must be must be a very proud moment for his dad. Good game for Tori Krug. Torrey Crew gets my work boots. I mean, hands down, I thought he was the best player um, all around from start to finish, defensively jumping up in the rush. He could have had three or four goals. Uh, just just been really enjoying his game lately as well. I mean, he's been closing plays quickly. Craig Baruby said it with uh, Justin Falk the other day. He really highlighted those two outside the Enterprise Center when we were talking to him, their ability to get back, communicate well, close plays, end plays quickly, and get up and out of their zone. And the fact that he's not only doing that, but he's jumping in on the offense. Two helpers there in the first period as well. Uh, physical, always willing to muck it up. Tory Krug, hands down the work boots tonight.
2: All right, here's your work boots. What are your Bud Light three stars of the game?
3: Butch at number three. We got Jordan Bennington with 32 saves at number two. And then Jake Neighbors. We just talked to him. Number one star here for Jake. Two goals on the night and easily the best player on the ice.
2: Every podcast you hear from Tim Woodburn, a veteran hockey broadcaster of 12 season. He's covered major and minor league sports for over 30 years, and here's his thoughts on the Blues victory in Chicago.
1: Well, Chris, it continues to be feast or famine for the St. Louis Blues. They get bullied and embarrassed at home ice two days ago, and today they go out and play a disciplined road game. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get with this team. It's like a box of chocolates. Never know what you're going to get. Uh, Jake Neighbors continues to show great energy. Obviously, he had a nice game today it's easy to pick him out for being a stud on the ice tonight he continues to grow with confidence he's fast a lot faster than i recall him being uh when he had a cup of coffee with the blues last year and uh you know he's got size he's fast he's a first round pick it's nice to see him mature it's fun watching guys mature like that it's fun watching guys come up who are so green and then little by little they pick up confidence they pick up game They start having some success. He's definitely a guy that uh, is showing all of that. It's going to be fun to continue to watch him blossom as his career goes on. Good win for the Blues today, 4-2 in Chicago. For Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodburn.
2: All right, Tim, thank you very much. Hey, just two key takeaways for me here today after the game yesterday. Of Number one, we got to look at Robert Thomas and the confidence that he is playing with right now. Robert Thomas, leading the team from a top line standpoint, has 22 points in the 20 games, as we already mentioned. A terrific game for him with 18 and 23 of ice time. He was plus two in the game, only had the one shots on goal, but still had a total of 62% faceoffs won. But where you really see his confidence is coming on the the face-off dot. There was a face-off at the very end of the first period. His confidence in how he was talking to the linesman. He didn't like the way the puck was dropped. How he's kind of controlling the play. The confidence of his vocalness in the locker room, on the ice. It continues to grow for Robert Thomas and one of the reasons that the St. Louis Blues moved on from a guy like Ryan O'Reilly was to give that kind of ice time and opportunity to Robert Thomas and Robert has done a great job through 20 games stepping in and filling that role. The other key takeaway after after the game in Chicago for me is the lineup depth for the St. Louis Blues by the Blues moving Jordan Cairo down to the third line they balanced the lines a little bit they gave Jordan Cairo maybe some more favorable matchups by putting him on that line with Saad and with Hayes but it also moved Verana and Kapanen up to the second line with Braden Shen now the reason we talk about line depth well this is more about the future of the St. Louis Blues when you consider the talent that could be coming to the St. Louis Blues whether it be Zach Dean or Zach Bolduc who are currently down in Springfield. Jimmy Snuggerud playing his sophomore season at the University of Minnesota, or Pavel Dvorsky, their 10th overall pick from this past summer's draft, playing junior hockey in Canada right now. You've got to figure that a couple of those guys could come in next season and potentially impact your top six. When you think of the fact that even two or three of them could come in with the type of skill that they have, all of a sudden the Blues have tremendous offensive depth, easily through their top line and pushing even more offensive depth to their bottom three. And when that happens, this becomes a very dangerous team once again. So as you start to see some of the lineups and how they're being used this year, you project ahead to where guys could fill in coming in next year, and you see how close it could be for a quick turnaround for the St. Louis Blues. Those are my two takeaways from the game yesterday. The Blues over the Chicago Blackhawks by a score of 4-2. to two. The dad trip continues. Team flew up to Minnesota, and they will take on the Minnesota Wild on Tuesday night at the XL Energy Center. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction, your next day post game podcast featuring everything st louis blues have a great start to your week and we will see you at the rink